And joining us now is Lee Zeldin, fresh off what I thought was a terrific debate by you, Congressman. Really great to have you here. Well, it's great to be with you. Thank you. Yeah, how do you feel? How did you feel after the debate? I don't know if you heard my analysis, Congressman, but I've been saying, you know, it was like she was like Trump, 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 guns, guns, guns. And to me, um, Congressman Zeldin, this was the defining moment. I want to play this um, for you. And and you lived it. We all lived it with you because we were watching it. I was watching the debate intensely. Um, But here it is. You kept coming back at her and, and giving her every chance in the world to kind of give an answer more comprehensive than we're taking guns off the street. She seemed to refuse to go after uh, strengthening, Al, you know, going after Alvin Bragg. You've said you'd remove him day one. Uh, seemed to refuse to talk about repeat offenders. Finally, after you brought it up about 20 times, this was like this weird, tepid answer. Here it is. And this is where I actually think she lost the debate. Take a listen. This governor, who still to this moment, we're at, what are we, halfway through the debate? She still hasn't talked about locking up anyone committing any crimes. Okay. Anyone is- who commits a crime under our laws, especially with the change we made to bail, has consequences. I don't know why that's so important to you. I don't know why it's so important to you and consequences. To me, it, I was sitting there listening as someone who sees the an unbelievable crime, and you know it firsthand, Congressman. It seemed so disconnected from the reality of what we're all experiencing. Even when she finally got there and you gave her every chance in the world to get there, you kept asking her. She kept tiptoeing. And when she finally got there, it was tepid. And it didn't seem like someone who really is going after crime and criminals head on. Oh, it's totally out of touch. I'm not just wondering why locking up criminals is important to me. It's also showing just how disconnected she is to all of the many millions of other New Yorkers where it's really important to them to be locking up the criminals. As you point out, with how she only wants to talk about guns, and you have people getting pushed in front of oncoming subway cars. They're being stabbed. They're victims of machete attacks. They're being uh, punched. There are people who have gotten beaten to death on the street with hammers. I mean, there have been all different kinds of crimes. You have small businesses dealing with the constant looting that they'll experience uh, every day or at least a few times a week. And that, that impacts their bottom line. There's all different kinds of crimes. And New Yorkers want to see the bad guys getting locked up for it. And she, you know, she actually put out two and a half weeks before an election. She has this press conference this past weekend, and she says that her, the plan is about the three C's, care, cameras, and cops. What about cuffs? What about handcuffs? What about the people who are, are repeat offenders? And they're still out on the street committing additional crimes, doing additional harm. What about the district attorneys who are letting violent criminals run free? What about Castle's bail and raise the age and less is more and the discovery law changes in the Halls Act? What about the Halls Act? We have correctional officers and other prison staff and, oh, yes, even inmates getting assaulted more since the April 1st implementation of that. She doesn't want to talk about any of it. So I think it just shows not just disconnected to understanding where I'm coming from and Gosh, I had a gang-related drive-by shooting in front of my house three Sundays ago with my 16-year-old daughters sitting at the kitchen table on a quiet Sunday afternoon doing homework. Why is it important to me? Beyond what happened to my family is that I see this happening 
all across not just New York City, but across New York State. I am in the Syracuse area tonight where we just did a rally in the family of 93-year-old Connie Torrey. They lost their loved one, was murdered by someone released on cashless bail. They don't need to be lectured on how there isn't enough data. They're still mourning the loss of their mother and grandmother. So give me a break with this nonsense. I believe that if she's refusing to secure our streets, to hold rogue DAs accountable for refusing to enforce the law, standing up to the pro-criminal allies of hers in the state legislature, she has to go and we have to restore balance. We have to take back our streets. Were you surprised that she didn't have even a better response on it, uh, Congressman? Because you I come back that she you kept saying and, and rightfully so. I thought it was a great strategy and just an important point on your point that she was still kind of, you know, you know, dancing around it. And her answer was still very much, you know, oh, there should be consequences. I didn't even get any comfort when you finally pressed her to get there. And and she kept sort of sitting back like, look at my record. And a lot of New Yorkers are going, we are looking at your record. And that's why we're concerned. Yeah, exactly. And she's Still not talking about locking up the people or committing the crimes. And there's a lot that she was not saying, and it was purposeful. It's not that she forgot on the first, second, third, fourth question and back and forth on crime that the criminals need to be held accountable. She didn't just forget that. It's a purposeful strategy. And as you played in one of your clips, her first big decision when she became the governor, and she acts like she's uh, she's been elected to you know her 14th term, and she's just in a cakewalk to being uh, a governor for a 15th term. She's never even been elected governor. She was a lieutenant governor. She was elected lieutenant governor, and then she became governor to finish the remainder of Andrew Cuomo's term. Her first big decision was to pick a lieutenant governor, and she picks the champion of the defund the police movement in Albany. She picks the architect of cashless bail, who had all sorts of his own legal issues. That's why he resigned and had to you know, face what was criminal charges for bribery for his own issues. My, my big decision of picking a running mate, a candidate for lieutenant governor, I picked Allison Esposito, 25 years in the NYPD, commanding officer of the 70th Precinct in Brooklyn. She picks Brian Benjamin. So from one decision to the next, the way that she is completely mishandled, all of these issues, while New Yorkers are seeing videos of people getting hurt, they're seeing the stories in the news, they're reading about it, they're hearing about it on your show, they see the pictures for themselves, they see it on social media, they are fed up and they realize that they do not have a governor who has their back, who has the back of law-abiding New Yorkers. And the state doesn't have a governor who truly has the back of law enforcement, our amazing, dedicated, selfless men and women in blue. Absolutely. One thousand percent. And everybody, we're talking to Congressman Lee Zeldin, who I thought had a terrific debate last night against Kathy Hochul. Um, You know, I want to ask you uh, before I let you go, and I know you're so busy, so we're so glad you're here on the show, Lee. um, But what's your strategy? Because now it is, you know, two weeks. You've got less than two weeks now uh, before Election Day. It looks like the momentum is definitely on your side. Um, You look at the polls. You have absolutely closed the gap. It was a big gap because she was the sitting governor. You have closed that gap. Uh, What's your plan? And for folks listening out there, how can they how can they help you? We have the momentum. We have the energy. We have the issues on our side to truly save our state. Kathy Hochul needs to be fired. One party rule needs to end. We need balance and common sense in Albany. Anyone who wants to get involved, whether you want to volunteer, you want to be able to donate $5, 
Go to zeldinfornewyork.com, Z-E-L-D-I-N-F-O-R. New York is spelled out. zeldinfornewyork.com. Sign up. We're on social media as well. As far as our strategy, I started today in Glendale. We did a press conference at a gas station where they're struggling through all sorts of crime. We almost had a criminal incident take place uh, right there at the gas station with a confrontation that was going on right next to the cameras. Can you imagine what, what is possible when you don't have the security there? You don't have the media cameras. They just had three weeks earlier one of their employees attacked right there while we were having the press conference on top of all the crimes that get committed a few times a week. Uh, and then I got on a plane and I came up to I did a, fun, uh, a, a big rally outside of uh, it, well, I was inside of Oneida County and uh, we had strong support, massive turnout. The room was packed out, went to the Syracuse area to Liverpool. Uh, we had hundreds of people there as well. Tomorrow we continue with the rallies we're, and we'll have press conferences. We continue to weigh on on these issues. We're working as hard as we possibly can from the moment we get up to the moment we go to sleep. And anyone out there who wants to help, please do the same. Take nothing for granted. Work hard for this. There's only 13 days left. Tell everyone you know, social media, email, text, word of mouth. If you can knock on doors, sign up to knock on doors. You make calls, sign up to, the, to make those calls. This is a team effort, all of us together, all in, 62 counties, and at the end of the day, if we do what we need to do, we will be able to save our state. Our state is at a crossroads. This is our opportunity to fix it. And we can't let this opportunity slip through our fingertips. Well, Congressman Lee Zeldin, you had a blockbuster debate. You have uh, had just such an amazing campaign. And I have been saying there looks like there's going to be a red wave, I think, in New York. And you could be spearheading that. Uh, big, big time. Uh, we wish you so much luck. You got to come back on again, Lee, and congrats on everything. And again, everybody heard LeeZeldon.com. Uh, Thanks so much, Rita. Thank you so much. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to prioritygold.com.